I hope you enjoy the upcoming content that we'll have for you on today's episode. I think you'll get quite a bit out of it. And know that today's episode is brought to you by the Swim Master Melody Course at successwithmusic.com. If you are in the songwriting game, if you are in the production game, make sure you understand what it takes to create a melody before you get to mastering and mixing and all that man it all starts with a powerful melody check it out today it is absolutely worth the investment the swim master melody course at successwithmusic.com hey let's get to the show this is swim success with music Yo, this is Swim Success with Music. This is Walt. I am your music coach, your music industry guest, curator. Your, my Star Wars name is Sharp Vader. All right, let's dive in. I was going to spare you the heavy breathing, but I could not resist. Hey, listen, today's episode is pretty special. Seriously, it's a very, very special episode. So I'm going to skip over all of the goofiness that typically happens at the beginning of the show. And I want to get into the content that we have for today. And that's because we have not only one, but two important music industry guests. Yep, I am talking about true music insiders, guys who know exactly how the music industry works. I mean, at the highest levels. Today, i like to welcome Dr. Stephen Marconi and David Philp. Our guests are authors of an amazing resource for musicians. It's an incredibly informative book. I see it as a roadmap. It is the sixth edition of Managing Your Band. Artist Management, the Ultimate Responsibility. And here are just a few things being said about these guys and their new book. In its sixth edition, Managing Your Band has long since been the standard bearer for newcomers and hardened vets alike. From dive bars to festivals, from branding to merchandising, to marketing and publicity, from publishing and licensing to rights and contracts. Dr. Stephen Marconi and David Philp leave no stone unturned in this comprehensive guide to artist management. Listen, these guys have worked for globally known music labels. They're well connected with agents, managers, artists, and I'm talking about names that will be recognized anywhere in the world. I can't even begin to number the people that they rub shoulders with in the music industry. You'll hear about some of those folks today. Listen, they're the real deal. So this episode If you're about that music life, please tune in, focus. You're going to hear some information that will help you take your music game to an entirely new level. Now joining us for this week's swim episode, we have Dr. Stephen Marconi and David Philp. Gentlemen, thank you so much for your willingness to come onto the program and share your knowledge of the the music industry. 
And for, from what I understand, you two are incredibly busy and you're rushing off to another broadcast obligation. So for the sake of our listeners, I want to make sure that we get in as much information as possible and get as, as much knowledge as we can uh, as possible. But again, gentlemen, thank you so much. Thank you. I I don't think I've ever been happier than I am right now spending this time with you. So thank you so much. I I, I wish you were here with us to give us a strong bear hug. Uh, There you go. Awesome. (laughs) I appreciate that. And um, yeah, we want to dive into our show today. And and for you guys as well, um, our audience is, is, is primarily made up of those who are uh, younger in the music industry, most of our folks do not have those major record deals and things like that. And I know that you guys have seen uh, the gamut in terms of the music industry. I want to maybe pull on that that part of the um, your knowledge base that speaks to that uh, that aspiring artist, that uh, the the guy or the gal that's just getting into things and and feel that they really want to take their career to the next level. So I want to kind of take our questions down uh, that road today. So as industry experts and (laughs) author of the book, Managing Your Band, let's talk about artist management. Should I care about artist management as an indie musician? Well, it is the most important link in the music business and also the weakest link. Uh, It's the weakest link because there is no license there's no set of courses. There's no, there's no nothing to become a personal manager. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of the time, personal managers are just, um, they evolve because they're hip. We're talking about the DIY guys now. Sure. Uh, because they're hip, or maybe they were roadies and then wound up starting, t- uh, wound up taking, uh, counting the number at the door at the clubs for uh, the band. And the next thing you know, they talk to the club owner when they're settling up the end of the night Mm -hmm. and they get another date. So now they start booking the band and there's really no qualifications. And the band at that point usually trusts the person because they've been with them for the longest time. Mm -hmm. That's uh, usually a very, very bad way to go because what happens is that there's so much um, camaraderie that goes on. And as the band if it's lucky enough to get bigger and bigger and bigger, 99 out of 100 of those guys can't swim at the Barracudas. Oh, wow. And, and actually, the uh, when you talk to labels, labels always say the weakest thing uh, with signing a new band is to make sure that their business is being taken care of. And most of the time, they sort of cringe when they f- see the manager that's sort of, quote, unquote, managing them. And, of course, we know on the other side, it is the most important aspect because this industry has gotten so complicated. In fact, we have changed our um, our moniker in our curriculum, not from the music business to the music and entertainment industries, uh, because it is that uh, complicated today. So a manager today, I remember a few years ago when I was writing one of the editions of this book, and I was speaking, sitting with a manager, and he said that um, his artist got um, actually a bite for a movie. And he turned to me and he says, I know nothing about the movie business. Uh, I don't know why I would have to know anything about the music, the movie business, but I know nothing. But I'm having a series of dinners and lunches this week, and by Friday, I will know something about the movie business. Now, that's someone who's 
takes the energy to actually try and learn as much as he can for the artist. Uh, many managers may not have that time or may not have that expertise or may not have that um, just that gumption to mm -hmm. say, I don't know anything and I have to learn this. So that's really why um, I kind of look at it as uh, it still is the most important link, but it is also the weakest link. And we can make a, another point is we were just uh, visiting the Warner Music Group mm -hmm. a couple of weeks ago and we spent the day there and we met an, an artist manager named Jake Posner, who is the manager of a group called Arizona, which is an Atlantic Fueled by Ramen band. Not, no, not Fueled by Ramen at all. Atlantic. Yeah. Um, Mike Easterlin, from, who's the head of Fueled by Ramen, actually said he wished he had the band. Right. But um, they're on Atlantic Records. Mm -hmm. And we were talking to the manager, and he found the band through YouTube and then through uh, a Reddit search and uh, through uh, discussions on Reddit with people. He found out more about the band, was able to get in touch with them. Wow. And wow. basically said, I love you guys. Dig the music. I want to manage you. And after a series of discussions, they decided to manage each other. The band got signed, and he says what he does. This is a guy with no music industry experience. Okay. What he says, what Jake says now is every day his job is to go into Atlantic Records mm -hmm. and spend the day there talking to everybody, learning everything he needs to know about the business so he can help the band and so he can be the cheerleader for the band at Atlantic headquarters so that everybody knows this band Arizona is a band who we need to take seriously and spend time with. So he gets it right away, but he mm -hmm. also understands. Oh, the cool thing that he gets is that he has a ton of information that he has to learn and he's doing a, a real sort of a school of hard knocks on steroids. He got sure. really lucky, but most people don't get that lucky that quickly. So uh, as a, an aspiring artist, you know, when I'm hearing this, do I seek out artist management do i let them come to me at, at what point in time should i seriously look into having someone manage you know my craft and manage you know my brand and manage you know the business side for me where does that where is the timeline for that well it, it's interesting because when you talk to diy bands and they come in and they come into my office they come into dave's office and they'll come in and they'll say uh do you know any managers we need to, we need a manager mm. And I'll say, well, why do you need a manager? And they'll say, because we gotta, we got to get more bookings, man. Right. We're just not working enough. And that's actually against the law for a manager to book a band. Uh, he doesn't have a license, you know, an employment license, as any talent agent does. Ah. So what they're looking for normally is a talent agent or, you know, a booking agent that will able to get them sort of over the, the hump and let them at least uh, stop eating at McDonald's. Uh, the time for management, I believe, is when you leave the um, sort of the bookkeeping uh, style of having two boxes. One box is account receivables and the other box is account payables. And when that they start to get too stuffed or they're overflowing or you have one a check where it's supposed to be, you know, you're supposed to be paying somebody, but you do have a check that you you just received in that box and so on. And those boxes, of course, are, um, you know, they may not necessarily exist, but that's really what you're doing. Mm -hmm. I think that's when the time that you try to get somebody to handle your business because the business is in the way of your creative endeavors, which obviously what you want to do as a band is do original material sure. and, uh, you know, write your own songs. 
Yeah, I can also add about getting signed as a uh, as a band for mm-hmm. a manager. Everybody wants the manager, but in the real world in the 21st century, most bands are going to be their own manager until they start making some money. Unless sure. they get lucky and they get that one person who really loves the music and is really passionate and has the time to spend doing uh, be doing the task of a manager uh, and the band doesn't mind the person learning on the job, it's really going to be the band doing it, putting it all together, breaking up the tasks amongst themselves. And then once some money starts flowing in and once mm-hmm. the buzz starts, whether it's social media, whether it's uh, just through doing great live shows and the right person sees you, and tell somebody, um, then you're going to get some people who are going to start reaching out and connect, trying to connect with you. Sure. One of the real jobs of a manager, once the band is signed, is that they should continue to make their artist a priority at the label. And you can't make a, your artist a priority at the label, especially in the early days, if you're 500 miles away. So you should understand that these managers in New York are the right way to go or any of the centers of the industry. And secondly, that they should have a stable of artists. It's much more beneficial for a new artist mm-hmm. to be with a manager who has several artists than just managing them. Uh, the obvious reason is because the connections and many times that manager may have a headliner that he's managing and the new band can open up. Uh, secondly, he'll have connections at a label as with a headliner that uh, he can open up doors for the the artist, the new artist to try to get into that label. Mm-hmm. Uh, same thing with booking agencies. If he knows a couple of uh, agents, then they can become an opening act at some clubs or something. It's it's all beneficial and, and it's all good. So that, that new manager that thinks they have to get a... Um, and John Landau only does uh, Bruce or et cetera is really not looking at it at the positive, uh, the, the proper way. Got it. And I, I will add, uh, going back to Marconi's original uh, comment sure. about uh, band managers are not technically supposed to be booking gigs for the bands. Mm-hmm. They're, they're not, especially in New York and California. Technically, it's illegal to do that. Didn't know but that. But the real world, they're going to do it anyway. Right. Unfortunately, what may happen and has happened a number of times is you're going to get this, the band may get big and some other manager is going to come calling for them, maybe a bigger name. And that other manager is going to say, did they, this guy ever book gigs for you? And they're going to say, yeah, he booked all our gigs in the beginning. They're going to say, well, that was illegal. You can fire them because he booked gigs for you and he's not allowed to do that. Uh-huh. There's the out for the band. So um, it can be win, not win-win necessarily for a manager at times. But, you know, you got to go for it. You got to do the time and do what you need to do to break your band. Got it. Now, you guys brought up an interesting point. Uh, you mentioned, you know, having you know these connections at the label uh, on the label side, potentially. It seems like the music industry has changed quite a bit um, where for me back in the day, going to a label, getting picked up by a label was kind of like the holy grail of all music, you know, sure. all the music land. But in today's world, you hear about success stories on the indie side of things. Talk to us about that side of it is. Uh, having that management piece critical if you're not, let's say, heading towards, you know, getting a deal with a major label. Talk, talk to us about that. Yeah, well, I've been saying I've been saying a lot first. So that's why I thought maybe you want to throw your hat in first this time. I'm not wearing a hat, Steve okay. Marconi. <laughs> I thought your hair. No, no I'm uh, the reason, Walter, I'm not wearing a hat today is because I look really good. Awesome. Yeah. 
Yeah, so I just want I want you to know that. I want yes, you to know yeah. how we did dress up for this interview for you today. And by the way, Walter Daly, we are also doing this on Instagram Live to help promote you and to help promote what we're doing. And, uh, and we're also very vain. So uh, <laughs> the question was, I don't remember the question. The question was that if you're, if you're going to go to indie route, uh, how important would it be for an artist to have a manager? Oh, I see. Well, the manager can do a lot of things for the band that the band can't do. The manager's job really is to be the one who doesn't have to worry about the creative side. The band is writing the music. The band is doing the recording. The band is coming up with sounds. The Mm -hmm. band is thinking about lyrics and beats and and all that. And the manager's job is to take that content, which is a, a... you know, a corporate word or a social media word, but the manager's job is to take that um, that music, that sound, and turn it into something that can be marketed mm-hmm. so that revenue can be generated. Sure. Whether that is uh, a recording that can be so you know streamed on Spotify, mm-hmm. whether that's a video on YouTube, whether that's a CD or a piece of vinyl that technically these days we like to call. Most CDs for DIY bands, indie bands, if you're making a CD or making vinyl, that you're really making merch. Uh-huh. And you're making something that you can sell at a live concert because you're not going to get distribution in Target or Walmart. You're probably not going to get distribution in indie retail around the country. Right. So really, it's something that you're going to sell at your show. And really, what you want to do is get people to stream it on Spotify, Apple Music, Tidal, Amazon, any of those places. So uh, the band manager's job is to understand how do I get the music onto the streaming services? How do I, if I have a certain budget, and we were actually talking this, we have a personal management class. Mm-hmm. And we were talking if a band had a budget of a certain amount of money, how much do I spend recording? How much do I spend on merch? How much do I spend creating vinyl you got to think of all these things um, because you have to keep balancing how much can I revenue can I bring in? And that's the manager's job because you can't keep doing it for free forever. You have to keep figuring, how do I monetize this? How do I monetize that? Mm -hmm. And the band you don't want focusing there because um, their job is to create the content. Your job is to monetize it. Mm -hmm. Sure. Makes sense. uh, The manager's job is to make it a commodity. Right. Yeah. Actually, Uh, all that creative endeavors all those creative endeavors uh, to make it a commodity so that it can actually generate revenue in one of the three main revenue streams, which is the uh, live scene, which is the most important, mm-hmm. and that includes the merch uh, and anything that goes with a live gig, and of course the um, creative content and licensing all that creative concert sure. content. You may get lucky to get into a TV show or maybe become uh, a local jingle or whatever. Mm-hmm. And thirdly and lastly is the recorded revenue stream, which has always been actually small except for the major, major radio-friendly artists. Mm. Just never realized it. And as you were saying earlier, uh, when I was in a band on the 70, in the 70s on Epic Records, of course, that was the brass ring. Right. I mean, your career started when you got signed with a major. Exactly. Nothing mattered prior to that. And today it's changed drastically for a lot of bands. However, when you look at statistics, there are very, very, very few uh, indie bands that make uh, enough money to live comfortably. Wow. It just, okay. uh, it just doesn't happen. And uh, one of the 
best of both possible worlds you can do mm-hmm. and we had this uh, at Warner Music is if you want to if you were on a fuel, Fueled by Ramen or something like that that his presence is in the Warner building mm-hmm. and that label is just it's a floor up from Atlantic so that they really can act like a major mm-hmm. even though you can get all the benefits of being uh, with an indie uh, which means that you're going to you know, your first name is going to be recognized by everybody on the label. And also, a very special thing, too, is with For You by Ramen is that they have, they have their own promotion team, which you rarely have in an indie uh, label. They have to make some agreement with some major to have that occur. Mm-hmm. Got it. Makes sense. And, and let's talk about uh, promotion here j- just for a moment. Um if I am looking to get more buzz for my act, you guys mentioned uh, some uh, bands being found online. I think you mentioned Reddit earlier. So in Chapter 6 of Managing Your Band, Artist Management, The Ultimate Responsibility, you guys talked about something very important for those uh, looking to gain a bigger following. H- how do I go about that? What do I need to do on the marketing side to really get my name out there? 10,000 different things and it's different for every band but I think the goal the goal is take that passive fan and move them up through an active fan into becoming a fanatic fan and we had this example in class the other day that you're you're up in uh where is he where are you we're in Columbus Ohio Columbus Ohio okay so Mm -hmm. let's say you're in Columbus Ohio get a gig that night Mm mm-hmm uh, in a club right by uh, OSU, and you have probably potential of, let's just say that night, maybe a potential of 5,000 people coming, passing that club. And you, those are all potential fans. Sure. How are you going to make that potential fan become an active fan and then hopefully a fanatic fan who spends more money than, of course, the passive fan? And there's no one way to do that anymore. Mm-hmm. It is just now the world is your oyster. What what are you going to do to make that a value added experience for the band and for that um, customer that uh, is going to be a stepping stone for the next step? And a lot of that is really sitting down and brainstorming and thinking, how are we different? Sure. What is the unique characteristic about me as an artist or my band? Mm-hmm. But, or us as a duo, whatever it is. Sure. There's got to be something unique about you. And how can I exploit that? And I think if you're great, if you're funny, if you have a great personality, if you're a great talker. Mm-hmm. I was talking to some people, uh, a class actually yesterday, and another student who, there's a student who's actually managed by Harvey Leeds, who uh. does here. We have a friend, Harvey Leeds, who manages Southside Johnny. Mm-hmm. And I found out yesterday he's managing one of our students here at William Patterson. And... Uh, one thing I was talking to the student about is he should take a public speaking class. And he said, why? And I said, to me, one of the biggest problems with artists, and it, it's signed superstar artists to DIY artists, is that time between songs. I finish a song, maybe I have 30 seconds, maybe yeah. I have a minute and a half between end of one song, beginning of the next. Sure. What am I going to do with that time? And the whole, and I, in almost everybody's game, 
is nobody knows what to do with that time. We script out, we plan out our show. We know that, okay, I'm going to do this, you know, here's my set list. I'm going to do these six songs. Um, we know the order. We know who has a guitar solo, who's singing lead. We know all that stuff. But we have no idea when the song ends and then when the song begins in that time in between. We have no idea what we're going to say. Sure. We're going to say, hey, how you doing? Hey, you all look great. Yeah. Which, which has been said by every band since Cro-Magnon <laughs> times right. when they were using skeleton what do you call yeah, skeletons yeah. of a uh, woolly mammoths i uh, say so you're gonna listen to the guitar player tune the guitar yeah they're gonna tune the guitar <laughs> they have nothing to say they're though it's you see these bands they're great during the song then all right. of a sudden they're just boring and if you can exploit that time and use it for good for the power of good and sure. you can do things you know do take that 30 seconds we're going to do a 30 second giveaway give away a starbucks gift card right give away a a, a lottery ticket you know, throw throw T-shirts out, you know, do yeah. something, but do keep that energy, that energy you have in the music. Keep that energy in between the songs. As soon as the song ends, you can't let it die. Right. And I th that kind of thing, thinking like that, brainstorming, what are we going to do different from everybody else? That's what you need to do to really separate yourself. And then you do it consistently and you're going to stink and you're going to fail and you're going to sure. blow it. You're going to get embarrassed. But then the more you do it, the better you'll get. You'll finally hit upon some sort of system or some mm -hmm. sort of formula. And it's going to really flow and people are going to go, wow, that's really awesome. There is one constant, though. And that constant is that you have to continually be in uh, contact with your fan mm -hmm. and with your audience. So if you get 30 email addresses that night mm -hmm. at the door or whatever, you have to capitalize on that and hope the 30 then tell 30 other people and so on and so forth. But if you let uh, fans go two, three, four days, five days, um, you're just going to lose them. I wow. bring this up in class too that I read one place that uh, Snoop uh, tweets every hour. And if you're a fan and you get a, a you imagine getting a tweet from Snoop actually back at you, uh, it would be an am amazing. The, the fan would go crazy that right. he actually had Snoop Dogg do this. But that's what he does. And he knows the importance of staying in contact with your fans. Uh, uh, and that's a constant. Right. Wow. In fact, Snoop is actually in the room with us right now. Where is he? <laughs> yeah, he's uh, he's hanging out with us. He doesn't he doesn't want to talk too much, but exactly. but he's, he's a big fan, Walter. <laughs> he's saving his voice. Exactly. Yeah. Awesome. So let me hit on another point here. Uh, and and I've I've um, I picked up on this based off of our conversation today, but I want you to dispel a potential myth for us. It seems as though to be successful as an artist, as a performer, there's this live component. There's some thought out there about having success only online, doing videos, doing your social media. My question to you guys, as an artist, do I have to actually get out in front of people face to face, have shows, connect with people? Is that the best path to success or can I just have some hit videos and things like that and they go viral and, and that that be it? Because it's so easy for my videos to go viral, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's it, for for every for the one artist that has done that without going live. There are thousands and thousands that play live. Uh, almost any record company, any booking agency, any any place in the industry, any one of the intermediaries wants to see you play live. It's just uh, the the other things I think is um, um they're myths. They do happen, but they are mm -hmm. just so much of an outlier. 
you know, it's really it's, it's even silly to talk about it. You got to have that desire to want to be in front of people or just sure. be a songwriter then. Uh, if you're not going to do that, we understand we have uh, one of our adjunct faculty and alums actually is Charlie Puth's um, business manager. Wow. And he says, Charlie, he can't stand it. He can't stand playing live. Really? He just like going on the road. He doesn't like talking to people, but he loves writing songs. And he's obviously one of the hottest guys right now. Exactly. Uh, he is playing, but he doesn't enjoy it. Wow. Uh, so I would say that anytime you do see people that sort of want to, I guess, hide behind the studio or think they can do it uh, by Internet only, um, even the fray who were discovered that way were playing out when they were discovered. Really? <laughs> and, and I would also add, um, Steve just mentioned the word hide. There are some artists who... They're, they're, they're using social media. They're using, I'm going to go in the re studio and record more songs. They're using, I'm just going to make another YouTube video as a crutch. Sure. Because it's really hard to play live. It's hard yeah. to be play well. It's hard to get people to go to your shows. It's hard for people to clap. It's hard to be good. And sometimes we spend, we, you know, we, we, we create this busy work mm -hmm. of recording my stuff, writing my stuff. Um, creating more Instagram posts and YouTube videos and sure. snapping all my friends and doing, you know, uh, direct messaging. But I maybe could use half of that time to find an open mic night. I could use that time to call promoters and book them on my own. There's a lot of, of sales you need to do as a band and then with a, as a manager. Sure. And we mentioned that in the introduction, um, this so whole... To managing your band, Sixth Edition, that you can get on Amazon. Is that what you're talking about? You can get about? on Amazon, <laughs> Backwing Books, Barnes & Noble. Sure, every You can get it anywhere you, you want. A bookstore. One. Yeah, oh, yeah go, that's right, a bookstore. No, our well, bookstore. No, my bookstore here, William Patterson University. Sorry, Walter, we're just having a good old... <laughs> you're good. plug it because we didn't mention it in... Uh, Right. In a few minutes. Right. I was saying something important, too. No, the important thing was um, it's different for everybody. And as, as Steve said, some artists are going to sign because they're that person who's just really great on the bed and they have a great voice. I mean, there are people who've been discovered through Instagram. There have been sure. people discovered. Vine is gone. But Sean Mendez was a Vine artist, I yeah. believe. Yeah. Um, there's some other who get signed. But, you know, um, just like in everything else, if, if you're in L.A., Mm -hmm. Everybody wants to be either a screenwriter or they want to be in movies right. or on TV. Sure. Um, it's the same thing. Every I, I go to when I used to work for the Universal Music Group, I would go to these big um, conventions mm. and people would come up. They wanted to be voiceover artists. Right. And there'd be all these people who want to do that. So it's the arts. It's entertainment. People want to be on the stage. People want to be in front of the camera. People want to be next to the microphone. They sure. want that. It's just how much work are you willing to really put in and, and can you find that focus of where you need to put the work? And again, that's where the manager mentality comes in. They can help that artist focus and they can take away a lot of that um, unfocused and they can take away the stuff. The manager will make sure that your music is being heard. Wow. Um, but you just got to get to the point where you're going to get a manager. Not sure. every you know, a manager, just like a booking agent wants to make some money. They want to see some, um, you know, light at the end of the tunnel. Right. So, you need to put in a lot of work. Got it. Okay. So it seems like we're coming back full circle. I mean, it seems like management is really, really the key. 
for that that next step or that 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 next level in, in the music game, correct? Yes, whether it's one of the guys in the band or girls in the band that's doing it mm-hmm. or somebody separate, but it's, it definitely is. So can can I get grandma to be my manager? Can I get my buddy, you know, from college to be my manager? I know you guys mentioned earlier that there's, you know, it, it, there's a learning curve involved. But if I'm a mas- aspiring musician, I don't have the business sense. I don't want to do that. I want to focus yeah. on the creative stuff. How how am I going to find this manager? What do they look like? You know, what do they know? Who do they know? Where do I find them? How, how does that happen? I think one of the best ways is if you're if you're gigging mm. and you're playing out live, you just talk to other bands. Yeah, and you look at other bands and see if they've got the stuff together. And because you can't you can't go to uh, Irving Azoff as a as a you know a new band and expect Irving to take some interest in you or uh, any any of the great bands, yeah. right? Any of the great managers. So uh, consequently. I think that's the best way. You just ask. Musicians always know other musicians. You sure. know other musicians. And you just start asking around. And you find out, you know, who's got it together somewhat. Mm-hmm. And who knows what they're doing. Now, meanwhile, Chance the Rapper's manager was his college buddy. Uh-huh. So, uh, and we just mentioned how it happened with the band Arizona. Uh-huh. Uh, your grandmother <laughs> might not be the best manager. Sorry, man. Yeah, yeah, feel we and we'd like to give her a shout out and let her know that she is loved, and make sure she reads managing your band sixth edition. <laughs> That's right, <laughs> right. But uh, it, it's again, it's one of those things. There's so many different ways it can happen. Sure. And then another way is you 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 go to Google and you find uh, people who are going through business, music business programs at universities, for example. Uh-huh. You know, there are, there are lots of them, and um, ask the faculty. You know, mm-hmm. they're all online at all these schools. We're William Patterson, New Jersey, uh, William Patterson University in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. And if Philip Steve Marconi were there, um, say, I got this band. I'm really interested in management. Blah, blah. Here's my story. Now, then if you're the band, though, you have to have the good pitch. You have to have that 30 second, one minute elevator pitch down that you can speak, that you can write. And again, it has to be focused and it has to be here's what's different about us from everybody else. And then you pitch that person <coughs> and then. We'd send it along to somebody who we think might be interested. So, um, it, it, you know, then you start getting creative and um, and take working it. And networking is a big deal. We mentioned that in the book as well, how important networking sure. is. That's what Steve was talking about is you talk to other bands and you find out from them. And mm-hmm. they might have been spoken with some guy who they hated. And you might want to meet him and you might love that guy. or, uh-huh. or get, Yeah. Got it. Okay. That's guys that work in clubs, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You get a sane bartender that sure. also does the collects the door and closes at night and so on. Huh. You know, he'll, he'll have he'll have some ideas, too. Wow. This is awesome. This is phenomenal, um, phenomenal inf- information here. So to my swim listening audience, we've heard some incredibly powerful insight, a lot to think about, a lot of homework. And before we wrap up with Dr. Stephen Marconi and David Philp. Please tell us a couple of things that we need to know about here. Number one, where can we get the book Managing Your Band, Artist Management, The Ultimate Responsibility, and tell us how we can keep up with you guys. Very good question. That's an amazing question. <laughs> kind of well, a little they, question, right? <laughs> the book is available on Amazon Great. and Barnes & Noble and just about everywhere. And it is also an ebook too. 
uh, if if you want to go that route. Sure. And also go to backwingstore.com. Yeah, which is the cheapest place, I think, if you can is right. okay. buy them uh, to get a hard copy. Well, you can get yeah. both there, too. Yeah. And then the second thing was... Oh, it's, it's available as Kindle, too. Did you mention that on oh, Amazon? Yeah, no, available as Kindle as well. And uh, follow us on Instagram at musicbiz101wp, and we'll uh, read it to you live, and it'll put you to sleep. No, but we'll actually put you on a newsletter. Yeah, we can put our <laughs> newsletter. If you have an email, then you'll get a newsletter twice a week, thanks to Professor Philip here. That's me. Who's keeping up with it. Musicbiz101wp.com, and that's where you can sign up for the newsletter. That's where uh, we, you, we hear about our podcast. So the great thing is we run this podcast called Music Biz 101 and More. That's also part of a live radio show on Brave New Radio, our college radio station. and. What we do is uh, these different people we speak with. For example, tonight we're speaking with a man, Terry Courier, who is a leading music retailer based in the Pacific Northwest. Mm -hmm. And he's been running this store called Music Millennium since uh, he's been head of it since the 1970s. And we learn, we constantly learn about that. So we'll interview him. We've interviewed Brian Schechter, who is the manager for My Chemical Romance. Um, We'll interview agents and uh, promoters and yeah. we had Sean Striegel who works for Live Nation um, all these people and it really helps us keep up with what's going on in the industry and, and again we tell everybody keep networking keep growing your list of contacts we're doing the exact same thing awesome you could also say also that uh, here at William Patterson University we consider this a center for music business education Mm -hmm. and you do not have to be a music major to take part in the music uh, and entertainment industries curriculum. You can be a minor from any walk of on campus. You can be a, a biology major, a business major, or whatever, and go through the minor sequence. Uh, you can also be a grad student that we have actually a degree, uh, an MBA in the music and entertainment industries management. So you can get an MBA, a full-fledged MBA from a uh, accredited business school that uh, will benefit you for life. Uh, and that, again, WPUNJ.edu will give you all of that information. Awesome. And I guess the final, the final thing, Walter, to know about me is that I'm married and have two daughters, and all three of them are left-handed. What? Yeah. <laughs> Here we go. And I'm right-handed. Wow. Hmm. So, you know, use that. Use, tweet that out, Walter. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> awesome. Big news. Big we news. love interesting facts on our show. Yeah, that's, that's, that's amazing. We think you're amazing, by the way. Thank you, gentlemen. I appreciate your time Thank today. You. Your insight is unparalleled, and I'll make sure that uh, our listening audience will have links to your information and to your book. Gentlemen, thank you so much. Thank you, Walter. Thank you. We really appreciate it. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much to my incredible guests, Dr. Stephen Marconi and David Filt. These guys are beasts. I mean, they know what they're talking about. Seriously. So please grab that book. All right. So that's all the time that we have. But listen, today we pulled back the curtain and gave you insider information. This is information that the big boys get. Go back and check it out. Share this episode with your band members. Share with people that you know. If you're serious about that music life, you want to take that next step. You want to grow your career. You want to layer in that management component so that you can go to that next level. Man, make sure you hold on to this episode and make sure you share it. All right. So we'll be back next week to do it all over again with something new. We out. This just gets old. I know there's got to be.
a better way for me in this night. 